The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. There's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide. Have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody? Suspected a partner of cheating? Worried about your online reputation? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need Truthfinder. Truthfinder may reveal court records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, assets, and a lot more. You get it all in one easy-to-read report. Why fork out thousands of dollars to a private eye when you can do the job yourself? Go to truthfinder.com nancy and enter any name to get started. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on Sirius XM Triumph, Channel 132. 30 years ago, a killer rocked the Warner Robins community after a 13-year-old boy was murdered. Chucky Mock's life ends at just 13, but his case unsolved. He'd ride his bike to a nearby convenience store all the time to buy candy. Someone heard a loud pop. Witnesses say they saw him talking to someone in a light-colored car. They see a vehicle speeding away. But who would shoot a 13-year-old boy? Who killed Chucky Mock? There is still no suspect. There are people in this community that were in this community at that time that know what happened to Chuck and Mark. 
There was a knock at the door. And then nothing was ever the same. There was a knock at the door. And then nothing was ever the same. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. And I want to thank you for being with us. Today I am trying again with everything I know to use and do to solve a cold case. A cold case that means a great deal to me personally. Chucky Mock, a little boy, a beautiful little boy. I always think of Chucky and his little league, <laughs> his little mm-hmm. league outfit. And when I say that, I think of him with the hat on and the golden brown hair coming out from under it and the little jersey. So proud. So proud in that picture. I mean, you just a handsome little boy, too. And it always, it gets blurred. Every time I think about Chucky, I blur in my son, John David. And I think about him in his soccer uniform when he stands there for the picture and when he gets a trophy or those horrible little medals they hand out instead of trophies now. And I have to think about the happiest years of my life because of him and Lucy. And then Chucky comes back into my mind's eye. You hear somebody in the background. That's Chucky's mom. It's Kathy Miller. Kathy, I almost stopped the call calling you to join me today. Because, you know, sometimes, for me anyway, it's easier for me to get through the day without thinking about violent crime, without thinking about the moment Keith was murdered, not wondering, what was the last thing he saw? Did he think about me? Why wasn't I there? Did he suffer? Was he knocked out immediately? What what happened? What did he go through? Why did this happen? It's just easier to wake up in the morning, have a cup of tea, and get busy. Because, you know... Go ahead. I understand that, Nancy. I understand that feeling. Why is that? I don't know, but, you know, you. I wish I could go a day, you know, pretending that it, it didn't happen. But I live with this empty hole in my heart every day. And to not talk about it is just to not to be who I am because I live with that every day. I live with it every day that he's gone, that I don't. I think the same thing as you, you know, why wasn't I there? Was he scared? Did he need me? And I'm his mother and I couldn't protect him. You know, you watch your children all their lives, you know, to try to keep them safe. And just a moment in time, he left me and I wasn't there. I guess I don't pretend it didn't happen. I just um... don't want to think about it because it's so painful. It's just, it's so painful. You just, don't want that pain to kind of enter your day or to start your day but it's there you know no matter what we do to think that it wasn't it's there 
you know, it's always I, underlining. You know, it's that current, that low current in our lives. You know, another and thing just, that I yeah. really, I, I don't hate it that much, but I do hate, is that people act like if you're connected to a murder, if somebody in your family <clears throat> or your friend was murdered, then you're somehow, I don't know, let's see, how can I put they this? They look at you different. Like you're kind of a... Trashy person, you're like, yes. I don't know. The people don't get it happens to everybody. They do. You know, no one's ever understood that about that. That people look at you different. They will treat you different as soon as they, you say your child was murdered. It's like, oh yeah, I guess I can know what he was doing. You know, and he becomes a victim again. And he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, ch- just you know? let's put it out there at the very beginning. Chucky Mott yeah. was a little boy. He asked his mom if he could. You know what? Why am I telling it? I've got his mother with me. <laughs> Kathy. Kathy Miller is joining me, who I now consider to be a friend. And we're going to get into how I met Kathy, which is the craziest oh, thing. Wow. How we ever got connected is is fortuitous it was meant to be it was meant to be but i want to go back to that day the day 8 p.m just just start with that day kathy okay it was memorial day and um chucky would always go to this little market this little grocery store just around the corner from our house and buy candy for school the next day and he asked me if he could go he was just going to be gone a second and he went to the store to buy candy around the corner it's literally just, I mean, around the corner around the corner i mean yes it's just like not even it's a block maybe and, and as the crow flies it's probably not even a block because this is how it is yeah. okay there's a, the street there's a more of a main thoroughfare where the closer to where the store is then you pull off and you go into a residential suburb and it's tree-lined, right. and it's nice, and there's no crime there. It's just a regular American suburban neighborhood. You would, It's pretty. People are out. right they, next to a little bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, around the corner. It's yeah. just like a, a little dream of what America's suburban life would be. And what he would do is get on his bike and cut through the neighborhood mm-hmm. and go up to the main street, which was not like some busy eight line. It just happened to be where yeah. a little convenience store thing was. And I mean, people don't get it in that part of the country. I remember when we were little, oh, my mother would have had a heart attack because for us to go get gum or candy, we would have to get on our bikes and ride our bikes for like, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes through woods and mm-hmm. dirt roads, and then we'd come up behind what was called the pep station. <laughs> right, right. And, and all Just we could lo- get in little- there was like gum or a couple of... Right. Cow- and, and then we'd get on our bikes know, and drive all the way back home, you know? Really. You know, it's just a small little country, you know, little southern town, and that's just what the kids do. So that night, where were you? What, d- describe I, the I was scene at home. Me. Yeah, Okay. We had just finished supper. Yeah. And uh, the the knock came on the, you know, to my door. But when he left, when he left, 
you uh-huh. were washing the dishes and you had your back yes. turned. To him. And you went, okay, go, but come him. straight back. What happened? I just, you know, I didn't even look at him because it wasn't unusual for Chucky. He was always in and out the house, you know, with all the kids. And he just said, Mom, I'm going to run to the store and get some candy for school. And I said, you know, come back, you know, don't be gone long. And he said, I won't. And, you know, out the door in two seconds. And I didn't look at him before he left. He just was out the door. You know, it's funny that you remember that funny odd, because I remember the last time I saw Keith and he, his family lived in Athens and he was working over the summer and he would come down to visit me and my family in Macon. And he had come for the weekend and stayed the weekend and sat Sunday night. Oh, I didn't want him to go back. And so he said, okay, I'll stay. So he stayed Sunday night and got up super early Monday morning to drive, I guess like two hours back. And I remember standing outside. It was chilly because it was so early in the morning. And he went down the driveway, turned right, and drove off to the horn and stuck his hand, his arm above the window to wave over the... Yeah. And I remember that moment, like right now. Like it just happened yesterday. It's funny how that works it's, that you remember it that. It is. Moment. It's just as clear. It's just so clear. And, you know, how many times do you replay that in your mind, you know? And I remember thinking as he went out of sight, um, there's a, a, a superstition that says, don't watch the person until they're out of sight because it's bad luck. And I remember just before his car went out of sight, I kept waving, but I closed my eyes because I didn't want to wish Ugh. any bad luck. Okay. I remember that. Like yesterday. So you go, sure, go. Okay, then what happens? So you're washing dishes. I'm washing dishes, and then there's a knock at the door, and I go to answer it, and it's one of his little friends that lives down the street, and she said, I see Chucky, and it looks like he's fallen off his bike and hurt himself. You know, and I'm thinking, oh, no, he's, you know, he's broke his arm. He's broke his leg. So me and my husband, and we grab our other child, Greg, who's like in the, first second grade at that time and we just run down you know to to see Chucky and as we're running I see that it is so much more than that you know and it's just then it's just it's like slow motion it's I don't like my feet are made of lead and I just can't get there you know I'm just it's just I can't hardly explain how I was feeling I just knew I knew and then that's when we find him. And he's laying there. And they think at first that he is a hit and run. And um, they roll him over and the bullet went through the back of his neck and came out his face. And he's dead. And that was the moment that... I kind of went away, and everything changed my whole life. You know, and just that's the last time I saw him. To hear you say that moment when you thought he had fallen off his bike. You know, I thought I would find him sitting there, you know, just with his arm or his leg broke, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, that's the worst thing. And it is so not even that. When you saw him, what did you see exactly? 
I, you know, my mind sort of won't let me think about what I saw. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it just, I get there and it kind of flashes away. I just saw so much blood because his blonde hair was all red from, from the blood and everyone, my husband grabbed me and kind of took me to this fence so I wouldn't see anything. And the police were there by that time and they didn't want me near anything to this, uh, disturb the scene. And by the, then there's just this huge crowd and I'm just like hysterical. I'm just hysterical and they're trying to get people to calm me down. And, um, it's just something like you see in the movies. I, it's, it's just like you see in the movies. I'm just hysterical and I can't get to him and I, I can't help him. And, you know, I just, when you said you, that moment, you rarely think of it. Mm-hmm. I remember that when I went to Keith's funeral, I just couldn't stand the thought of seeing him in a casket. And Ugh. I walked in and the overwhelming smell of carnations which to this day makes me sick i can't stand it Ugh, i almost feel like i'm gonna vomit just talking about it it's almost like when you smell a lot of gas fumes at the gas station the thought of smelling those carnations just oh oh the florist go or go yeah. into a florist oh oh i never go in a florist i can't stand that smell i can't either but me i neither. went in and i remember i just instinctively glanced into some kind of anteroom. I glanced off to the right and I saw his casket and I saw just above the edge, the top of his profile and I passed out. Uh, I passed out. Oh, and oh I, I, I just know how I you can't felt. really mm. even remember past that except all of a sudden it was, we were out at the, we were at the funeral. Uh, that's, you know, and I can remember the pastor, God help him, poor thing, kept calling me Mary. Oh, no. And, yeah, I don't don't really care. It's okay. I get it. But I just remember that, and it was so unreal. And I've told you this before off mic that for about a year or two before Case Murder, and I don't know how long after his murder, I have huge chunks of time. I can't remember. People will come up and go, hey, do you remember something? And I'm like, no, I don't remember. Tell me tell me what happened. I've done the same thing. I've, that's happened to me, too. And when at Chucky's funeral, oh. uh, my husband and um, they decided, you know, to have a closed casket because... They didn't want me to, they just, you know, they just couldn't make Chucky look like Chucky used to. And um, so it was closed and we just had his picture on the on the coffin and that was it. You know what, I'm trying to I never to figure, saw him again. I'm trying to, not that it matters, but I'm trying to figure out what is the worst thing. Is the worst thing when you find out the person is gone or that horrible time after where you're 
practically disabled and there's nothing you can do. Like those days and those nights and those hours that turn into weeks, that turn into months, and you're just completely disabled with pain. And there's nothing, nobody can help you. You can't get away mm-hmm. from it. You wake up in the morning and for just about maybe two seconds, you it seems normal. And then you remember. And there's yeah. no way around it. No pill. There is no short, no, no pill. There's no shortcut, no pill, nothing. no medicine, nothing. no shrink, no nothing. It's no per, no words, mm-hmm. no person, no nothing. You are engulfed and wrapped around and cocooned in a pain that is indescribable. And there's, you wake up, you, every breath is so hard. I just wanted to die. I just wanted to die. I'm just imagining you in that heat and you've dragged your little child along behind you running. And then everybody is around Chucky and you're kind of off to the side by that fence. What in the world was happening in your mind? But then there's the funeral. When, When did you realize Chucky was not hit by a car? Chucky didn't fall off his bike. He didn't hit his head. Somebody shot him. Somebody shot him and killed your child. And in broad daylight. At at close range. I mean, you know, people were saying, well, maybe a stray bullet. Well, no, it wasn't a stray bullet. Mm -hmm. Somebody put a gun to the back of his head and shot him. And that is the fact. That is the only thing that truly I know. And I just... And, you know, and as soon as we went back to the house after we left the scene, you know, and all the police and the sheriff and, you know, everyone's just bombarding you with, you know, questions, you know. And I'm I'm just trying to say he he was shot. You know, I'm just I, I can't even go there. It's just I can't go there. It was just it's so overwhelming. I, I can't even hardly put into words how overwhelmed all of this is at that moment in time. And then I just, like, my hands start shaking, and then my legs start shaking, and my whole body's shaking, and then I start going into shock. And so they have to take me to the emergency room, and I, you know, it's just, it's just this nightmare of things that are happening, and so much is happening in that short period of time, like from 8 to midnight. With me, it's just trying to know that he's not coming back and somebody killed him somebody wanted him dead and i can't fathom it who would want him dead did you know about a recent law that could leave your personal data exposed online for anybody to find if you've turned on the news lately you know the internet has created a dangerous new world data breaches expose private information there's a new cybersecurity threat every other day And criminals can sell the identity of you and your family on the dark web. It's time you take the power back by using a new website called Truthfinder. Truthfinder allows you to find out exactly what information exists about you online. Have you gotten a speeding ticket? Received a lien from the IRS? Forgotten about an embarrassing social media profile? 
Truthfinder searches through millions of public records, puts all that data together in one easy-to-read report. Members get unlimited searches, so you can also look up those close to you and make sure they're not hiding something from their past. You also get free dark web monitoring to make Truthfinder the ultimate tool in identity protection. If your personal info appears for sale on the dark web, you'll be the first to know. Visit truthfinder.com slash nancy. Enter your own name. Get started. I can just try to get this picture in my head. At a distance, Kathy sees her son sprawled out on the pavement of a convenience store parking lot, bleeding near his bike. They shot him while he's still on his bike or standing beside his bike. Mm-hmm. And in his little hand. He tried hand, to get back on it. And in his little hand was still a pack of bubble gum. A pack of bubble gum. So he had made it into the store, just like he told Mommy. He got his little bubble gum. And somebody gunned this little boy down. Now, what do we know? What have you been told, Kathy? What have you learned about a potential suspect what i know is he was seen talking to someone in a light colored car and that's all i know had to be a man okay so it's a man it had to you had to be a man and their ages i don't know um but i thought that's there all was all i really know I thought it was narrowed down to a white male. Well, yeah, a white male, most likely to the driver and a passenger, is from what I know, um, kind of a acne-scarred face, rough, a uh, rough-looking, you know, dark hair, uh, light hair. Wasn't it dark hair? Light. Light hair, okay. I, I think light hair was the passenger. I'm not sure about the driver. So I'm not sure. the guy with light hair, a white male with light colored hair, is he the one that had the acne scars? Yes, yes. Well, somebody had to get uh, fairly close to him to know he had acne scars. Yeah. I mean, and at least you know, 30, 40 feet at, at the most. And I, I'm not sure how they got that, in, how they got that. I'm, I'm not sure. And any any remote idea on a make and model? No, just light color. You is, know, is all I've. What all do I know you of. think, Kathy, about a potential motive? I've always thought somebody tried to lure him in the car, and he wouldn't get in, and they shot him because he never got That's, in anybody's car. No, no, and he wasn't. You know, he didn't hang out with any bad kids. You know, he was he was like into the sports and, you know, he was very well liked. You know, there, he never had arguments with anyone that I know of. Kathy, you know what you're doing, don't you? With. You know what you're doing right now? You're defending him to me. You are defending him I'm, to me. Like, you're telling me he didn't do anything wrong. This wasn't his fault. Hey, I, you don't have to do that to me. But as long as I'm on the subject, this boy, this little boy, had never been in a day's trouble in his life. He made good grades. He was the star of the Little League game. 
the little league team. He practiced all the time. He never missed a game. That was his world. That was his right. as it should be. Was mommy, his little brother, coming home playing little his league. Bicycle. His yep. bicycle. Oh, he loved the bicycle. That he was loved his, his little bike. world. And it's not like it is, today. It's funny. When, what? It's funny that you say that about defending him, and I do that, Nancy, to almost everyone I speak to, and I. After all these years, I still do that. I, is it? I don't know why I do that. Because like, you know no. what? You know what? People. I don't know why people wrote this, and it was out there. It's on the internet that Keith was at a liquor store and got gunned down. And then somebody oh. else wrote that Keith was a cop. And then somebody else wrote that I made the whole thing up that I don't even know. Uh, Doesn't it let's just see? I don't oh, even know what just, all they've written. Just horrible, I, I horrible either. things. I don't even know why. So, you know what? It's maybe you're not so far off the mark by feeling like you have to be defensive because people will I, say or think. Now, wait a minute. Wasn't there some incident you took? Oh, by the way. I recall um, people, uh, witnesses were questioned, and it is believed the perp was driving a white Oldsmobile Cutlass or Buick. The, right. I, yes, I forgot that. You're right. That's okay. I, I could not remember the make. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. What? Tell me about the incident where a woman walked up to you Weren't you trying on clothes or weren't you in a store and made comments to you about Chucky's death? Oh, it was, I worked in, um, yes, yes, yes. You know, okay. Okay. I, you know what, you know what? I just can got crossed in my head. Someone who came up to Sharon Rocha, who is Lacey, Lacey Peterson's mom at some she was trying to get an outfit and someone came up to her at a store and started asking her all these questions about Lacey's death. And, you know, people don't get it. I mean, when you can be having a perfectly fine day and suddenly somebody asks you about the murder and it's like getting cold water thrown on your face and it can just throw me into a depression. It takes me days to get out of it. I can't afford to do that anymore with having two children. They don't need a depressed mommy. They need a mommy who is upbeat and ready to to roll with them. Not somebody, you know, disabled with, uh, uh, so that's what got in my head. Now what happened? This was, you worked at a doctor's office. What happened? Right. And, um, the doctor sent me a patient. I would pre-op patients for surgery, kind of go over everything with them. And she saw Chucky's picture on my desk and, you know, she said, oh, are you Chuck's mother? And I went, yes. And, you know, she kind of looked at his picture and she knew the history that he was murdered. And she told me, she says, you know, sometimes when parents don't take care of their children, God calls them home. Well, she hit something so deep inside of me that I had felt, you know, like I wasn't a good mother. I let him go. I gave him permission to go, you know, and it just resonated in me. I just had to step out of the room. I went to my doctor, and I was hysterical. It, I was just hysterical. I was hysterical, hysterical, 
Okay, all right. You are just making me tell my story more than your story, but I have to tell you what (laughs) happened. Okay, so this is years after Keith's murder. Okay, I was living. This is years too. Mine too. This uh, what? How many? Okay, so. I finished undergrad. I went to law school, got my law degree, started prosecuting. Um, after 10 years, my elected DA retired, and I had originally turned down an offer to go to court TV in New York. I called him back and went, hey, I don't have a job. Here I come. I'm on my way. Yeah. And uh, I had come home for a weekend to Atlanta, and... Still at this time, even after all these years, I would hardly ever go out. I just, the sight and the sounds of everybody having a good time, I don't know, just rubbed me the wrong way after Keith's murder. It just didn't seem right Mm -hmm. to me. I know that's abnormal, but just the way it was, is. I understand that, yes. And so my now husband uh, and my girlfriend, who was a defense, is a defense lawyer in town, um, Renee, the three of us went out after my show at night to go get dinner. It was late. It was like 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night because that's what time I would get off work. And we went to this hole in the wall that had Cajun food. And I'm sitting there, and out of the blue, this has got to be 20, 15 years later. Some guy walked up to me and said, I was one of Keith's good friends and I can't believe you're out with a guy having a good time. I mean, right now, Kathy, if you were in the studio with me, my mouth just fell open. I'm like, I I didn't even know what to say. Did you feel like you'd just been hit in the stomach? Yes, I feel it right now. I feel like somebody slapped me in the face. And to to save my neck, well, of course, it threw me into a depression. It, and, it, which it I, resonated like that's true. He's right. And, you know, I lived alone in New York, and I would come home from work at night and just sit there in this uh, quiet apartment. And I just it was like a palpable, tangible presence in the room, the, the overwhelming grief. And I, I don't know the guy's name. If he bit me in the neck right now, I wouldn't know him. But I remember that moment. And it was awful, awful. What is wrong it with people? Back. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But it put. It takes you back. Ooh. I mean, what did you say to the woman that you've done? I. I couldn't say. I just. I didn't either. I didn't say anything. Nobody believes it. I just was so. I know. I. Me too. They said, "Why didn't you?" I said, "I. I was punched in the. I couldn't speak because." She hit something way deep down inside of me that I believe too, you know, and I was crushed. I was crushed and it, the little bit of recovery I had made put me way back, you know, and like I was starting all over again and it was so hurtful, but people say hurtful things to you. you Like you were a bad mother because you let him go get some bubble gum. You know yeah, what? And it's nighttime and you let him go. Okay, so the you know? other day. But see what people don't get in the summertime in the south, 7.30, 8 o'clock, it's just like noon outside. It, um, yeah, and it wasn't something new that he did. You know, it wasn't. 
You know, the other day, Kathy, I was in, where was I? I was in Costco, okay, because the children like a particular type of fish fillet. Okay, so I went in there Mm -hmm. trying not to get the free samples because they're really good. (laughs) Anyway, so I go straight, and I left them in the car with my mother, okay, Uh and she is about 86, and she was nodding off when I got out of the car. And they were on their iPads looking up can- playing Candy Crush or something. And I'm, yeah, it hit me while I was in there in the frozen food section. What if somebody grabs that car and takes off? My mother couldn't fight them off. And here I am in here in the fish division. I, I, I almost ran out of Costco. I mean, there's no running out because you have to show your car yeah. and this and that and blah, blah. And I thought I would jump out of my skin before I could get, when I got into that parking lot, I had put all, you know, they don't give you a bag. So you have to put everything in a box. I was trotting. If you can see with this big box in my arms, running across the parking lot to get to the car. I mean, it never goes away. This was just last week. This was last week that I thought somebody would get the twins and hurt them. Yeah. Because you know, it can happen. I mean, we have experienced it. We know it can happen. It's not a story someone tells us. And I believe that's why we have this tangible fear with us that it it can happen again. You know, it can happen again. I'm going to put out the tip line again, 478-542-2085, 478-542-2085. Two zero eight five or four seven eight five four two two zero eight zero four seven eight five four two two zero eight zero. Chucky Mock was murdered. This beautiful little boy on his bicycle was murdered many, many years ago. What was the year, Kathy? Nineteen eighty six. Man. Thirty one years ago. He would be 45. He just had his birthday. That that almost, when you said he just had his birthday, that almost made my Um, stomach did a flip because the twins' birthday is in November. And we were just talking about what are we going to do for your birthday? What are we going to do? Because we talk about it all year after, you know, about two weeks after their birthday. Okay, maybe two days after the birthday party, we start talking about what are we going to do next year? We're going to have for your birthday next year. And when yeah. you said he just I, had his birthday, I'm like, so, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, what would he be now? And what would he be doing? And, you know, I'd probably have grandchildren and, you know, but he's only 13 to me. And I know what I wanted to ask you, Nancy. Mm-hmm. How do you. I guess, you know, after all this time and his, his murder's not solved, and what if it isn't solved? I mean, do I, what do I do? Do I let it go or do I keep trying to put his story out all the time? I mean, what do I do? Do I let it go or I you don't know? You know what? I, I was what just do sitting I do here trying to figure out. I'm supposed to be the expert and know the answer. I'm like, oh, Lord, what, what? What's the right answer for what she just asked me? And it came I mean, I to don't, me. I, I don't think, think I there know, probably is the right I answer. I think I know the answer. I think I do have the answer. Because I vacillate like 
for today. I almost didn't want to even call you and bring the whole thing up again, but I want the answer. I want the truth about Chucky. And I think that everybody go ahead and mock me if you want to. I really think that the Lord will provide what you need and what will get you through the day. For instance, I've been so excited about our serious radio show, you know, and I thought, oh, I want to talk about Chucky Mock. I want to do this again. I want the story out there. I want the tip line out there. I want Kathy with me. And I remember after talking about Chucky on Dr. Oz or Wendy Williams, fate has a funny way. It's not fate. It's, it's, it's the Lord has a funny way of working, right? So it's in that vein, you know, as I always say, when you don't know a horse, look at his track record. If you don't know what's going to happen, look at what has happened because that's a blueprint. Please explain how you and I got connected. Wow. Well, like I said, I worked in this doctor's office and it was around Thanksgiving and I was talking to some of my friends saying, you know, I need, I have to, I don't know what to do anymore about Chucky. I need to get his story out. If only I could get in touch with Nancy Grace. Your name, I just had this, always, I've got to get in touch with you, but I don't know how to get in touch with her. And we had um, a drug rep that came to see us all the time. I loved him so much. And he, you know, he'd stop and talk to me and you know, I asked him what he was going to do for the holidays and everything. And he says, well, I'm going to go to New York to see my sister. And I said, well, you know, who's your sister? And he said, Nancy Grace. I thought, I, I, I can't breathe. And I said, do you have a moment? I've got to tell you my story. And I told him the story of Chucky. And he said, you get me everything you have, and I'm taking it to Nancy. And I went, you know, I thought, God, you've answered a prayer. I finally... You know, you've answered one of my prayers. I'm going to be able to talk to her. She's going to help me. She is going to help me. And sure enough, you called me. At Thanksgiving, you called me, and you said you were going to help me. And i got to tell you something. And you have. My people, no matter where I am, and I, I, I thank God for it, to tell you the truth. People ask me, does it ever bother you? People are always coming up to you asking for help and wanting this and that. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I yeah. welcome it. I want to hear their stories. And I remember, I remember the moment my brother called me. I was coming, I had done Larry King that night. I'd worked all day, stayed at Court TV and gone and done Larry. No, how did it go? Then I went and did HLM across town and I had done a Larry King which was a real blessing to me and I was on the way home and Matt my brother Matt Mackie as I call him mm-hmm. I saw him. his number pop up and I answered the phone and he started talking I'm like okay here's the story here's another story and somebody wants me to do something what is it what can I do and I was listening and he kept talking and talking, and I never said a word. And all of a sudden, I come all the way across town and was at my stop. 
and we were still talking about Chucky and you. And I'm like, don't say another word. I'm on it. And I hung the phone up and I immediately, it was late by then, called my my executive producer, Dean. I'm like, we got to do this. We got to do this. And that was it. Yeah, you did it like right away. I just knew in my soul that if I could get, if there's somehow I could get in touch with you, you would know my story. You would listen. And of all these years that no one has ever helped me, you would. I always believed it. I know you're not going to believe this, Kathy, but I figured something out. And you know what it took for me to figure it out? Many, many years I was writing my book, 11th Victim. And the heroine in 11th Victim is Haley Dean. She's a much better person than me, let me tell you that right now. <laughs> but she loves to solve crimes, and she loves to win cases, put the bad guy away. Because Haley, not me, of course, somehow, you know, every time she puts a Band-Aid on somebody else, it's like putting a Band-Aid on her. I mean, I get so much joy, I guess is the only word I know. It's not really joy, but of getting to talk to you and talk about Chucky and putting it out there again. It just feels like somehow we're putting it out in the universe and that somehow, some way, somebody knows something and somebody is going to come forward. Everybody, please, yeah, I, if you can hear our voices, please go to CrimeOnline.com. I wrote a story a while back about Chucky. Alan is going to join me with a story of his own, own, and you'll see his picture, and you'll see and meet Kathy Miller. Kathy, my brother told me a story that you told him, and this is how it goes. You finally moved out of that house, and you were in your new house, and you were putting all the furniture in, and you were putting up pictures. That's what you were doing, mm-hmm. and you had put up the pictures of Chucky, and I am with you. I have um, out. I have out all my letters from Keith. I have his baseball and I can walk by and touch them whenever I want to. You were putting up Chucky's mm-hmm. pictures. So you got them all up. You walked out of the room. You hadn't been out of the room 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, crash. You go back in. All the pictures, not one, the pictures of Chucky had oh, all them. crashed to the floor. And your son has said he saw Chucky run through the house. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but that's so true. I mean, strange and unusual happenings. It is so true. I mean, and he is with me. Tell me that part, please. Tell me that part. I want to hear that so much. That he he's he's with me. He every picture just fell. I mean, all at the same time, not one at a time. They were all all at the same time. Just fell, and. Greg just said, Mama, Chuck just ran through here. He just went down the hall. And he, so he's with me here. 
he's with me. And that's just, that really happened. You know, you asked me, is should we just let it go? I don't know. I don't know how to let things go. I'm sure a shrink would probably tell you to let it go, but I don't know how to do that. And it's like, if I let it go, then what kind of mama am I? You know, we know the answers. Our children, we were there when we gave birth to them. We were there when they're hurt. We're there in their good times. Well, I wasn't there when he died. And if I leave him, I leave him. Well, there's your answer right there. You can't let go of this any more than you can forget it. You can't let go. People always say, you know, how? why are you still doing this? You know, you've got to let it go. Well, if they would tell me how to let, how do you let your child go? You know, you pick a child and you let them go. You know, you pick your child. Which one would you pick and you let them go? And you're right. That is my answer. I'll never let it go. I'm his mother. And I need to know how my child died and why. I know everything else. I just got to know why him and why he died. And if he was scared, you know, and was the last thing he thought, maybe, I need my mama. Because little boys always need their mom. Today, Memorial Day, we remember those people, those heroes, who have made the ultimate sacrifice for us, those fallen in the line of duty, fallen soldiers first, Army Sergeant First Class Stephen B. Cribben, who served during Operation Freedom Sentinel. He is from Simi Valley, California. He died far, far away from home in the Logar Province, Afghanistan, because of wounds sustained in combat. He had been assigned to the 2nd Battalion, 10th Special Forces Group. Army First Lieutenant Weston C. Lee, who served in Operation Iraqi Freedom. First Lieutenant Weston C. Lee was just 25 from Bluffton, Georgia. He also died far from home in Mosul, Iraq. He died of injuries Sustained Conducting Security. He had been assigned to the 1st Battalion, 325th Infantry Regiment, 2nd Brigade Combat Team, 82nd Airborne Division, Fort Bragg. Army Sergeant First Class Hutton O. Brown. He served during Operation Freedom Sentinel. He was from Brooklyn, New York. He died far away at Camp Bering. Kuwait. After a non-combat related incident, he was assigned to the 306th Engineer Company, the 411th Engineer Brigade, described as a role model and a mentor. We remember Army Chief Warrant Officer Jacob M. Sims. He died serving Operation Freedom Sentinel just 36, from Juneau, Alaska. He died far away from friends and family in the Logar province, Afghanistan. He was in a helicopter crash. He was assigned to the 4th Battalion, the 160th Special Operations Aviation Regiment, and the Joint Base Lewis-McChord, Washington. 
He lived by a creed that few understand and fewer embody. He will never be forgotten. My dad lied about his age, gave up a basketball scholarship to go and fight for our country. He made it home. These fallen soldiers did not. Today we remember them. And God bless America. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friends. There's a brand new website causing a lot of trouble for people with something to hide. Have you ever had a bad feeling about somebody? Maybe suspected your partner's cheating? Maybe worried about your online reputation? If you answer yes to any of those questions, you may need Truthfinder. Public records are only recently easily available online. Before websites like Truthfinder, you'd most likely have to visit a courthouse to get that information. Now, it's as simple as entering a name. Truthfinder sifts through millions of public records from all over the country, assembling them into one easy-to-read report. Search the names of somebody you know. You could find criminal and arrest records, bankruptcies, contact information, social, dating profiles, financial assets, and a lot more. Why fork out thousands to a private investigator when you can do the job yourself? Everybody you know has something to hide. Now, you can root out the most dangerous people before you become the next victim. It's not just used to bust bad people. Truthfinder helps Americans reunite with friends, family, even people who served with them in the military. It's never been so easy to find the truth. Go to truthfinder.com nancy and enter any name to get started. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95.
Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's Best Hybrid Mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner.